0: Everybody, welcome to our latest episode of Romantic Reading Wrap Up, where we are talking about the books that we read in August. And I am film critic Rachel Wagner, and Bree's here.
1: Hello, everyone.
0: How are you doing?
1: I'm good. I'm ready to talk about this book with you because <laughs> talk about hyped. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Every Summer After by Carly Fortune is our main book that we're talking about this month. And uh, yeah, it, I mean, it's kind of an appropriate book because it's uh, all about a summer, you know, the summer, those summer feels. But uh, you said this. So this book has gotten a lot of hype. You yeah. Say.
1: Like it's one of those books where like, I don't know what the because I don't have cable, I stream everything, but it's one of those books where like, you know, I think the author's been on like TV, like all the big book clubs. It's one of those books. And it's like, been on like oh my gosh Instagram like everybody that was reading it was like it's a five star it's a new favorite so when we were talking like well what are we going to read next I sent you this one and I think another one and you were like let's do this one and I was like okay sure because like everybody's been just raving mm-hmm. about it so I'm glad that we went with this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean we've been texting so I kind of already know how you
0: feel yeah but <laughs> uh, so this uh, yeah it was just published in May so a new new book and yeah I'm kind of not is uh, really in the book scene so sometimes I miss things that are that are super hyped but uh, but uh, yeah I guess it's it's gotten a lot of uh, a lot of play I it, it, there are some similarities to the summer I turned pretty I think okay so uh, I haven't read that series so I mean
1: do you want to. Share I it, haven't read it you know. I've just
0: seen the oh you saw this the, the show the, okay yeah what were the, the similarity
1: just like the whole lake summer yeah aspect. there's definitely
0: like a nostalgic feel there's also the two brothers both both uh series both books slash series have uh have her have the heroine kind of battling her feelings for two brothers that's probably the biggest okay okay similarity okay yeah yeah uh, <laughs> so, well, I'll read the little summary. Is they say you can never go home again. And for Persephone Fraser, ever since she made the biggest mistake of her life a decade ago, that has felt that has felt too true instead of spending summers in cottage country on the glittering sh- lakeshore of her childhood. She stays in a stylish apartment in Toronto, keeping everyone a safe distance from her heart until she receives the call that sends her racing back to Barry's Bay and into the orbit of Sam Florick, the man she never thought she'd have to live without. So, Here's a question: Do you did we like young Percy or old Percy better? Because it alternates back and forth for y'all. If you haven't read it, you get older Percy, which is like how old is she? Like in her thirties. Well, I don't know because
1: I feel like
0: I feel like we don't get a lot of modern of present day Percy, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, who's coming back to town for a funeral, and I guess they say it's been uh, ten years. So she's yeah, probably like years. 30, something yeah. like that around. Yeah. Uh, and then there's, uh, there's young Percy and it's a tough question because I didn't care for either. I <laughs> <laughs> really feel, Rachel. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> what you yeah. Think?
1: Okay. So the point you made a few minutes ago is spot on. And this is what I, we we were texting about like, okay, listeners, we don't like, we don't like to rag on a book. And I don't feel like we're ragging on a book, but this is a book that's very hype. And every, I think people are picking up because you'll see like your favorite influencer or whatever, be like, oh my gosh, this book. I think this book really, it's, it's a timing thing. I think this book timing was on its side and you and I were talking about this like there's something I think us living through the pandemic and I think there's something about the summertime in general I think summer as a season just lends itself to like you know it makes you reflect on summers before right and like Mm -hmm. I think I was halfway through the book and I flipped to the back and I never read author's notes I I mean I'm horrible at that I'm sorry but for some reason I flipped to the back and I read like this two-page author's letter. And she was saying, like, I was feeling super nostalgic when the pandemic hit. And I was like, that is, I think, Mm -hmm. very true for a lot of us. And that's when she started writing this book. And I just think there's something about summer and how it makes us nostalgic and just the fact that we've been so living pandemic life and we may be wanting to go back to simpler times or whatever. I just really think timing was on this book's side. Uh, and I, I don't think the fact that you hit on how we're all feeling nostalgic in ways, I don't think that's strong enough to really make the book a good book. Like emotionally, emotion-wise, you touched on something there, but there were just parts of the book that weren't good.
0: <laughs> yeah. So the, I love everything about the the setting. You know the I then and yeah the nostalgia of thinking about thinking about those high school years thinking about those uh, the happiest time one of the happiest times in my life was when I was going to college when I you know that like eighteen to twenty two like sure there were struggles and stuff but that was a a very happy time for me in my life and. Uh, yeah, I do feel nostalgic. I I think back on that and I didn't have like a, a, a grand love affair like um Percy does or kind of does. But um I I didn't have anything like that. But I did have some great friendships and some great experiences and it's just a, a such a formative, influential time. It's hard not to think I think about that time in your life, uh, if it was happy at all with some degree of nostalgia.
1: Yeah. I mean, so when you say, like, um, the modern Percy versus the old Percy, I just feel Mm -hmm. like this is another kind of downfall of the book is that we spend so much time in old Percy's perspective. Like, the past chapters felt longer than the present day chapters, and (laughs) they felt like we had more of those than the present day chapters. Like, this book could have been a young, I don't know, it it couldn't have been, it felt like a young adult novel and then you're reading it and then sex is happening and you're like, Oh, well no, it's not a young adult novel. It's an adult novel. It's like, what does it want to be?
0: I mean, it's hard to know nowadays because young adults can get pretty steamy. They can, they They really can. (laughs) And so I don't know. The young adult genre is just extremely nebulous. I feel like at this point, it's, I don't even know what it really means anymore. Uh, But I, I mean, I think this could, Pretty much mostly classified, but it, yeah, it has some has some steamy scenes but um but yeah i I do love the idea of a having a lakeshore property. It's like having some place either by the beach or by a lake is basically my my life goal at this point like it's <laughs> it's my dream <laughs> i mean if if the podcast suddenly like became super big and I had like a lot of money. That's like the first thing that I would get is some kind of little pied-à-terre near the ocean or the beach. I mean, the ocean or the lake um, where I could just go every summer and just swim as much as I want, be by the lake. That is my dream. But so I enjoyed all that. It's very escapist. And That was the same thing with Summer I Feel Pretty is like the idea of every summer going to this beach house, literally right on the beach. With all these like gorgeous people and gorgeous, uh, gorgeous locations, I was like, "Oh, that's so nice." <laughs> I was so happy that
1: I mean, it's I haven't famous. watched it yet, but like, I was so happy to see that they adapted that because I'm like, gosh, yeah. that that trilogy, that those books came out a long time ago." <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Well, the uh, the quote that I picked is we're talking about nostalgic because I was trying to pick a quote uh, from a book, and I this one I picked is. There are these moments I come back to when I'm at my most nostalgic, when all I want to do is curl up in the past with Sam. I can, I can play them in my mind as if they're old home videos. I used to watch them all the time in university, a bedtime routine as familiar as the piled Hudson Bay blanket I'd taken from the cottage but the memories and and the regrets they carried with them chafed like the blanket's wool and i would lose nights imagining where sam was at that precise moment wondering if there's a chance he might be thinking of me sometimes i felt sure he was like there was an invisible unbreakable string that ran between us stretching vast distances and keeping us joined yeah so i thought that was a pretty good moment talking about the nostalgia
1: yeah i mean i think that aspect of the story, the summer love, who lives in a different place, like they're they meet at like I think it's like thirteen. I feel like it's thirteen, maybe
0: it's twelve, something um, like that. Yeah,
1: yeah, like they're really young. My one review that I saw of this was like, when does this book actually take place? Because <laughs> <I'm, laughs>
0: yeah, that's like, a good point.
1: It's like when when Sam is at college and she calls him at college, she's calling like the the room phone, and she's like. <laughs> She's like, if this is like a recent book, they would have had cell phones. <laughs> like she yeah, could have called him on. That's but, true. So just thinking of them being kids or whatever, you think of like summer love. So it's this guy that you've met, late cottage, whatever. Like I, she, I think she really captured that, like part of it really well. I think one, I, I can't act like I completely hated Percy I love that she loved horror and she was a writer and that she wanted to write horror because typically I, I feel like that mm-hmm. would be for the guy character and he's like from the beginning very supportive and like I'll read your stuff and I'll help you with ideas I thought I thought a lot of that was really cute I do think that and this is I think something you and I were texting about is like Eventually, though, it gets to a point. Especially, this book wasn't set during like the sixties or seventies. I don't think it was like very, modern, t- yeah, yeah, very modern book. Like even as teenagers, eventually, it, it just you have this question of like, why aren't you guys together? I, d- I don't think it was believable enough for me to believe that like eventually you guys just wouldn't have gotten together. <laughs> you
0: know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the problem is is that the characters were not very well developed. I mean, there right, was, a—I yeah. I guess, the, the cute thing about the horror, but there wasn't just enough unique parts. They were just so bland, I thought, both of these characters, Percy and Sam. So it's hard to get invested in their romance when you just feel like they're basically archetypes. They're not... They're not unique individuals that i feel like i get to know and i'm invested in they're just you know i was thinking about it was watching uh, when i was uh, I, it was when i watched a little bit of i haven't seen tons of it but I watched a little bit of dawson's creek like most teen shows kind of have these archetypes. And they can be fun. And, but the thing I think that made that show better than a lot of those other teen shows, which, you know, I'm not like the biggest fan of a lot of those things, but the thing that made it better is that they had pretty good character development. I mean, Dawson, he wants to be a filmmaker and he is, he, he has these dreams of, of what he wants to do in his life. And there's just more to his personality than like guy who likes Joey, you know, like it, And so I, I don't know. I think that they needed to do, she needed to do more character development.
1: Hello, I'm Hannah and I'm Katie. And we have a podcast called one kiss means forever. Forever. Do you love made for TV rom-coms? Are you obsessed with Hallmark and all the Hallmark inspired copycats that have come out on other platforms like Netflix?
0: And, while being obsessed, do you know
1: that these are not what one might call quality films? (laughs) If so, come listen to our podcast. Each episode, we discuss one movie that did not have a theatrical release and always ends in a happily ever after.
0: And how do we know it will end in a happily ever after? Because
1: one kiss means forever, of course. So join us as we deep dive into each movie for about 45 minutes. Episodes drop every other Thursday, except during the very elongated Hallmark Christmas season when we join the Christmas craze and go weekly for about two and a half months.
0: Bye! Bye. Interesting. Make them have more interesting conversation. And so you're just like, get together. I'm so sick. Right. I just,
1: and I don't know honestly how she would have done that and the book not be like five or 600 pages because it's supposed to be going back and forth. And that's why mm-hmm. I'm like, I kind of just wish that we would have
0: focused on one or the other. <laughs> well, and I would have been fine if it was 500, 600 pages. If I'm invested yeah. in the characters, I don't care. Yeah. Uh, I mean, frankly, I think that, that, uh, Bella and Edward are more interesting characters than these two characters. I I mean, I don't know. I just, I was not invested in their love story. And I was not invested in either of these these people. Whether Girl, they're old real, or young. At one
1: point, I forgot it was a romance. I was like, okay, Percy's <laughs> writing another horror book.
0: <laughs> yeah. And it also becomes tough to root for Percy when she is kind of a bad friend. And she's just sort of unlikable. When old she... and young. Slut
1: shames. What's her name? Yeah. Delilah? Delilah. I was like, oh no, you you mm-hmm. don't do that. Like, yeah. oh, that was awful. That was awful. I didn't. Like- I'm still hurt. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I, I I thought that was weird and rude. And it would have been if if we had developed some of those maybe those side, supplementary characters, those side characters, that could have won me over to the book because I you know if I was laughing at them or enjoying them, but I I didn't really in enjoy them i mean because she was so judgmental of them
1: and the fact that like she admits like i didn't apologize for a long time and she doesn't apologize until sam Mm -hmm. is like yeah i was at this party one night and i was really drunk and i hit on delilah Now you believe when your friend is like, I didn't do that. I wouldn't do that. Okay, now I can apologize because the guy has come and said, like, he's the one who hit on you. Like, this is your friend. You spend way more time with her than you even do with Sam.
0: So, yeah, that was. And the whole thing with Charlie, I felt, did not make sense for her character at all.
1: Rachel, where did that come from? It was super predictable. (laughs) Did you not get to a point where you were like. something's going to happen and it's going to be with charlie i had that inkling i was like he's just doing a little too much i feel like there's going to be a twist and something's Mm -hmm. going to happen with charlie but i was hoping in my heart of hearts that i was wrong like did you not have that inkling of like well
0: i guess i i i could see that becoming a conflict but i just still don't feel like it really made much sense for her character and for what she really wanted it i it Yes, it was predictable in a way, but also it sort of came out of nowhere in a way as Right. Well. <laughs> I was like, this? This is what we're doing? I don't know. Like, and, and it was weird how the, <laughs> <laughs> It was weird how the author tried to make that kind of sexy. And I'm like, this is not sexy. This is not a good thing that she's doing that, I don't know, like you built up this this whole relationship and it's sort of towards the end of the book. And so it's just kind of like, what am I supposed to do with this? Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, I mean, literally, okay, listeners, I'm trying really hard not to spoil it. Cause I'm so angry about this part. I was driving <laughs> and I was like,
0: are you serious? But no, I mean, literally yeah, me we too won't. Are to. We, okay. <laughs> Great
1: mind. Think alike. See, okay. Like, so we won't say what it is, even though it's on the tip of my tongue. And I'm sure listeners have at this point figured it out. But literally, Rachel, it's at 90% into the book. Like, that's how far you are before the conflict (gasps) moment happens. And then everything else is like, oh,
0: 10% left. Gotta rush everything. Yes. I almost thought, is she going to surprise us all and have her end up with Charlie? (laughs) <laughs> Which made no sense, but I was like, "It, it, where it was placed, it almost felt like, oh, okay." I, <laughs> <laughs> I thought that too.
1: I did yeah. think that. I was like, "Okay, yeah. so we're gonna end up with the brother." Oh. Okay, but I'm like, no, yeah. but we spent so much time with Sam.
0: I don't know. Well, and I thought, oh, are they gonna end this on a cliffhanger? And you know, there's gonna be a sequel or something, maybe because it was so late in the book.
1: Yeah,
0: it was, yeah, it was not great. I, mean, I didn't think she built because again, the Twilight books have their f- flaws, but I do think that Stephanie Meyer is very good at building romantic tension and uh, you. That's part of the reason why people get so invested in them. It's like, oh, you know, and uh, what's going to happen? And she did not build romantic tension well. Uh, there, the characters only have their desire for each other. That's really the only ma- main part of of who they are. We we don't get to. I don't know. It's just there's just not much to that romantic tension. I don't yeah,
1: think. yeah. I think like all it is is just tension. Like, okay, I come here for the summer and just that realization that like you have a life when I leave here, you're dating someone, I'm dating someone, even though I want to say we're not dating, but like life goes on when the summer ends. I think she kind of captured that. But like you said, like, it's not strong enough to like tie it all together and make us like root for these people. It's just fragments of, Of summers that they've had together, you know? And, like, we all know summer literally lasts, what, June, July, and some of August. So, like, y'all are getting (laughs) two months together each year. Like, it's just, it's a lot of desire and, like, longing and yearning. But, like, I just, I don't know. Not effective. Not Not effective effective
0: at all. So, the spice level is pretty high on this, I would say. Yeah, I'd agree. It's not, like, erotica or anything, but it's... Mm -hmm. It's It's uh, there. Yeah, it's pretty pretty steamy. I would give it like a, I gave it a seven out of ten. Which, looking at the cover, when you see like
1: two thirteen-year-olds drop jumping off a dock, you don't even expect it to be there. So if this is uh-huh. something that you don't part- particularly like in your books, it is there. So just yeah. pr- proceed with caution. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, and there's some language. Yeah, yeah, some language. The chemistry was not great. Uh, no. Because they didn't get to know the characters. They were bland. Yeah. I and love it. Uh, and it just sort of starts to feel repetitive after a while. It yeah. did. Mm-hmm. It did. It uh, did. The trope time, you know, obviously second chance romance is the main trope. Yeah. A little what? Chi- Would you say childhood?
1: Childhood friends to lovers? Kind,
0: kind of. Kind of.
1: Yeah. Sort of. Maybe. I guess. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah i think my I favorite
1: scene is when like um well she she returns to the late cottage area because charlie reaches out to her because him and sam's mother have has passed away and uh percy was close with their mother but like a flashback of the mom is she's like percy was like watching scary movies in the cabin alone i can't even remember like why she was alone but like she gets scared and she calls sam or charlie one of them and sam like walks over and gets her and she spends the night over there and the mom next morning they come downstairs and she's like if she needs to come by that's fine but you are on the couch (laughs) i'm like finally there's kind of like an adult here that you know is (laughs) trying Mm -hmm. to intervene with these two but yeah i I think that is like the only scene that like really kind of i remember because i mean she's unfortunately gone now but just that moment of somebody standing up and being like, um, yeah. I-, I support you all's friendship or whatever, but like you're still a teenage boy and she's a teenage girl. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty pretty good moment. So what would you what did you give this on uh Goodreads? I gave it a three. Did you give it like a two right? I gave it a two, I yeah. Knew- <laughs> <laughs> and I think I think you're just super nice and you don't like giving out twos. But
1: I, think I even like, put in my review, I was like, I may dock this a star, but right now it's a three. Yes. I uh, love when we read a book and we both agree that like, we don't really like, and there's so much to talk about when you don't like a book. So
0: yeah, yeah, it's true. I, and, and I understand it's hard to write a write a book. I get yeah. that. Uh, but I so I respect the effort, uh, but uh, but it's just not for me. And you might read it, and you might love it. So go yeah. for it. I mean, a lot I, of people lot obviously of, did.
1: A lot of people, yeah, a lot of people are loving it. I mean, I had one friend that when I was reading it, she's like, "Oh my gosh, I have so much nostalgia from reading that book." Like she too had that experience where she had like a Ugh. summer romance, and I was like, "I feel like this is why people love this book," but mm-hmm. like. The structure of the book, the execution of the book, I mean, how it makes you feel nostalgic doesn't, like, over- like compensate for the fact that, like, the execution's just not done well. So I was, like, trying to keep that in mind. Like, you know, sure, I've had a summer romance, too, and it made me think of those days. But, like, still, I'm, like, reading the book, like, this is just not going well.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it comes down to the characters. Maybe some people aren't as much of character Uh, readers as I am but it it, in these kinds of stories where you're it's not like the plot is reinventing the wheel so it what what it comes down to is are the characters engaging because you know what's basically going to happen you know the tropes you know what you're reading Uh, so is the banter entertaining which I wouldn't say this was the the banter dialogue wasn't particularly entertaining. It was fine, I guess. But uh but are the and then are the characters engaging? And I would say no. Yeah. Not for me at least. Uh whereas if you want a, in my opinion, a much better example of teen romance check out better than the movies by Lynn Painter that we talked about. Uh that also came out this year. I just I personally just loved that book. And I thought that the characters were so much better than Either of these characters, more yeah. engaging, more interesting.
1: We need more teen romances. I feel like mm-hmm. we need just more straight up. I mean, no shade to the fantasy readers out there. Fantasy is huge mm-hmm. in YA, but like, I just want more Jenny Hahn, more Morgan Matson, mm-hmm. Lynn Painter, mm-hmm. like just straight up young adult romance contemporaries. Yep. Like, yeah. they deserve it. They fall in love too, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: We'd like to take a second from this episode of the podcast to celebrate our sponsor of this episode, and that is the Hallmarkies Patreon. Do you love Hallmarkies Podcast? Do you want an inside scoop into what happens on the podcast? Do you want early access to episodes and loads of cool perks? Now is the time to become a patron of Hallmarkies Podcast. By becoming a patron, you get to access our patron Facebook group. You can request episodes or even be a guest on the podcast. And most importantly, any patron can join our monthly movie watch alongs with stars like Paul Campbell, Natalie Hall, and more. It's as low as $2 a month to join in and become a special part of the Hallmarkies family. Please consider and we will love you forever. Go to patreon.com hallmarkies. That's patreon.com slash hallmarkies. Well, let's talk about uh, uh, the other books that we've been reading in the reading roundup. Uh, I will start. And I have Curvy Girls Don't Date Billionaires by Kelsey Stelting. And uh, I'm actually going to be interviewing Kelsey today. (laughs) I probably won't post for a little while. uh, But... Uh, i just really like this series that she's done this curvy girls series i've read three of them now and i've enjoyed all three and in this one you have this girl who uh, has to work in the mornings with her mother at this uh, uh, fancy uh, house uh, as a maid basically cleaning the house uh, before school and her mom says, before we take this job, you have to promise that you won't fall in love with, <laughs> with the guy, with the son of the, of the, rest. and of course he's like super dreamy and great and super into her. And <laughs> I, he's really rich. He drives a Tesla and, you know, I mean, they're just struggling to get by. And I don't, I, I, I just enjoyed it. I thought it was very sweet and, and I liked both of the, both of the characters. And I like the way that she writes these books. I mean, they are simple, but well done. I would say.
1: Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's all you need. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it'll be fun to talk to her tonight. Uh, And uh, like I said, all, all three that I've read, I've read curvy girls can't date uh, cowboys uh and then quarterbacks and billionaires (laughs) (laughs) i've liked all three (laughs) wow so uh i i think she's got a winning formula i would say there may be a touch over long would be my only criticism but i they're they're a fun read so what about you what is your first book
1: Okay. Again, I was like looking at my Goodreads. I was like, did I read anything in August? So <laughs> um, the first thing that I read was My Year with a Billionaire by Rachel Stewart. She is a favorite of mine. This is a an upcoming Harlequin romance and I really loved it. It's not really childhood to lovers because the heroine's like 18 and the hero's like 20 when they meet. Um, his grandmother took in like fostered children and the heron was one of her foster kids at the time and um that's when they meet and then fast forward some time and his grandmother has passed away and in her will she leaves her scottish castle to (laughs) him and her and he is ticked off because like why would you leave your estate to the both of us he's like super heartbroken when she leaves, like still harboring tons of anger and bitterness towards that. And she's been like, you know, she grew up in the foster care system. So she has that like mentality of, I don't have roots, you know, nobody's ever really wanted me, I've never really had a reason to stay in one place. So she's become like one of those like travel influencers. Um, So you know, but she did really, really love his grandmother. And she's like, well, I'm going to honor her wishes. We have to stay together. We we have to live here for a year before we can make a decision of like what to do with it. And it was all the forced proximity gloriousness that I enjoy. Um, It was a really quick read. It comes out in September. And because I've ranted and raved about how we don't get a ton of autumnal romances, the author heard my praises <laughs> and she said like, it's literally Scotland during the fall in the beginning. And I was like, Oh my gosh. And, She messaged me on TikTok. She's like, I heard you talking about how we don't have romances set during the fall. So there you go. And I was like, thank you. So readers, (laughs) put your opinions and thoughts out there nicely and respectfully. And who knows? Maybe you'll get it. Uh, So yeah, I enjoyed it. So what is your next one?
0: I mean, it's interesting. We both started with books about billionaires. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) <laughs> the world we're living in <laughs>
0: yes so the next book that i want to talk about is groundswell by katie lee and of course i read this to get ready for my interview with her and for the movie and i have to say that if you see the movie on Hallmark channel which i really enjoyed or Hallmark movies mysteries excuse me i really enjoyed the movie the movie is about 20 percent, maybe maybe even less of the book the book Uh, spends a lot of time with her and her husband Garrett. And there's this whole love story uh, between them. And you see the whole trajectory of their relationship from when they like their meet cute all the way through to their divorce and he's cheating on her and everything. And then finally she gets to Hawaii and there's the whole surfing in Groundswell. And I'm like, why? For so long, I was like, why is this book called Groundswell? Like, it should be called, like, Hollywood Divorce or something. Because it's about this this woman who uh, they has this kind of meet cute with this Hollywood actor. And they end up falling in love. And she ends up becoming a writer and a screenwriter. And then, I like, think things go south. And then, like I so said, she finally... Uh, goes to Hawaii <laughs> or no, it's actually um, uh, in the book. It's actually the Mexican Riviera, like Cancun or someplace like that. But, uh, but yeah, it, it's, it's a cute enough book. I'm not like divorce stories aren't usually my favorite, but I can see how, I mean, she was just coming out of a divorce and she, cause the book was published in 2011 and she got divorced. Uh, she was married to Billy Joel. Uh, and, uh, and then she got divorced in 2009. So I can totally see why she, uh, she felt connected to this story about this woman who is married to a celebrity. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I mean, it's, it's not, and I didn't ask her about it because I'm not rude, but, uh, but I, I did say it must've been easy for you to emotionally connect. And she's like, yeah, it's not my story, but I, (laughs) I could. Uh, So anyway, if you maybe are going through divorce or you want to read a a story about someone picking up the pieces from a divorce, then this would probably be a very good book for you to read. Uh, But it is different than the movie, just so everyone knows.
1: Yeah, I feel like once the networks have what is it the rights or whatever to t- like the book is just like oh this is where we got like the top inspiration from and
0: we're just gonna make it our own thing now yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's usually not as dramatic i think a difference as as this one is this was, really wow i mean yeah. this is like i said it's really just a small part of the of the um Book, what
1: was but. that one that we read, though, Rachel, when the, the Wedding Veil trilogy oh, came yeah. out?
0: That's and true. we were like, wait a minute. Good <laughs> point. <Wait. laughs> yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're here to do the investigative work for you guys, yes. okay? <laughs> we will report back.
0: <laughs> and there is some steam in this book. Not, not super strong, but there is some, so.
1: Um, and Lacey stars in that one, right? In the Yes, film.
0: and I really enjoyed the movie, so. Yeah definitely an actor oh i don't know he, she's
1: one of those actors like as she gets older like, like that she and gets does mm-hmm. more films like she does really good in roles like that i think
0: yeah. she's had a good stretch there was a point where i was not feeling her movies i really did not like her valentine's movie uh and christmas in rome was not my Wait favorite a minute
1: the one where she's leaving the notes
0: yes you I didn't did not. like no i did not I did not. He was so nice to her, and she was being she was so she critical was of him. A snob. She I, was uh, a snob. I was like, "What?" He literally helped you all day, and then you get home, and you're like, "Oh, this guy is so annoying." I was like, "Thank you." Not but like it. But that's the writing. That's not lazy. <laughs> Fair enough. That's true. But yeah, you are right. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but uh, what's your next pick? Or what's
1: uh, next the next you read? one, the next one I read is "Their One Night Rio Reunion" by Abby Green, which is a Harlequin Presents, uh, and I loved this. So very fast paced from the beginning. So literally within the first fifty pages, we learn why our characters are going to have an arranged marriage. We see the arranged marriage happens, and then fast forward a year. And they're getting a divorce. Like, literally, we are with them signing the paperwork, and you're just like, what? But it all makes sense. Um, And then, (laughs) as they're like getting their divorce, and the heroine's like, okay, I'm going to leave. I'm going to visit my brother over in Europe, which her brother is like a key reason why she agreed to the marriage in the first place. Just some childhood trauma. I'm trying to get me and my my brother away from our father. I'll do this. You got to get him over there to send him to college, blah, blah, blah. Um, And you know, so she's like, I'm going to Europe, I'm going to hang out with my brother, like I'm newly single. And then like income, these security guys, and they're like, yeah, there's a plot to like, kidnap you two. So we're going to send you to this little secret island off of Rio, like this book sets it, it's set in Rio de Janeiro. And so now they have to like, spend this time together hiding out. And it's like, I don't know, their marriage was like a business arrangement. And so they both fell into these roles. Let's do what we got to do. But they never like consummated the marriage. They never really got to know each other. And I think now that they're divorced and they're like forced to spend time together in this place, like there's so much pressure that's been taken off of the situation that they realize like you have been by my side through a lot in this past year. And like I am attracted to you and you are actually a really good person. And it it just, the way that it unfolds, I just thought was really, really good. So I, I mean, even when I had to put it down the few times I had to put it down, it's only like 180, I think it's like 217 pages. But mm. um, I was thinking about it. I was like, I need to get back in the story and see <laughs> what the heck is going to happen. So yeah, I really enjoyed it. So
0: I do yeah. like those kind of sort of like mail order bride type, like in real life, obviously not, but like Sarah Plain and Tall and sort of stories like that where people are sort of forced to be together and then they end up falling for each other by the end is, is, is a romantic trope, I would say. Yeah, yeah. That sounds good. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies merch store.
1: Are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable, hardy, or Hallmarky in your life?
0: What about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party? Now is the time to check out the Hallmarkies merch store or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash hallmarkies. Right, my next one is called The Do-Over by Lynn Painter. I already talked about her once. This is uh, a teen, another teen novel from her young adult book. And it's kind of a um, Groundhog Day scenario, which is fun. Um, that So you have this girl who has this idea of what she wants for Valentine's Day. And uh, she... Everything goes wrong. Everything is terrible. And then she wakes up and she has another Valentine's Day. And she has another and another and another and another. And it keeps happening like 50 times, like a bunch of times. And she has this guy that she is uh, partners with in chemistry uh, that she sort of initially uh, dismisses. But as the days go on, she starts to notice him more and uh anyway so they have a, a romance it's cute uh and so yeah it's fun this if you like things like Groundhog day palm springs those kinds of time loop stories mm-hmm. then uh this it's not better than the movies it's not as at least it didn't excite me as much as that book did but
1: it's cute yeah yeah so. Well, um, okay, my <laughs> my last two are kind of duds, so they'll be quick. Let's see, which one do I want to talk about first? Okay, so I'll talk about the last novel that I read. So it was called Keeper of the Moon by Harley Jane Kozak. It's part of a paranormal series that I've been reading with Harlequin's Nocturne series. Um, I, I've read the series out of order. The first one that I read was book three, and I loved it. I mean, I think about that book all the time. I kind of want to reread it. Um, but I don't want to like reread it and not love it. So I finally read this one. It's book two. And I don't know. It's just like my least favorite of the series. So this is it's set in the world of like Los Angeles's underbelly. And the whole kind of premise of the series, the first series was set in Louisiana. And that's kind of how it, all the creatures and everything are introduced. And then these daughter, the, these daughters are of these people called keepers who are like Their job is to keep kind of the status quo, the peace between paranormal creatures and humans. And now they're living out in Los Angeles, which everybody's like, well, people come to Hollywood to reinvent themselves for paranormal creatures like vampires and stuff. This is a really easy place to blend in. And so this one, the hero was an elven and the heroine is like an elven keeper. So she's like human, but she does have some of the powers of the creature that she's supposed to like, Kind of police essentially. And somebody's been like killing actresses, like poisoning them. And she was an aspiring actress. So like she's kind of caught up in this whole plot. And the whole mystery is like trying to get down to the bottom of like who's killing actresses (laughs) by this poison. I didn't expect the twist. The twist definitely took me by surprise. I did enjoy that. It was, it hit a lot closer to home than everybody was expecting. But I don't know, just unlike the previous stories in the series where like there were some of the books where like I would reread chapters because I just wanted to know every little detail and like memorize it. This one I just thought was like kind of okay. Take that with a grain of salt. Listeners, if you're looking for a good paranormal series, you may love this one. But for me, it was my least favorite of the series. It was still good. It just did not. I don't know. It didn't have that staying power like the rest of them. So, yeah. And what's that one called? It's called Keeper of the Moon by Harley Jane Kozak.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, One thing I wanted to add real quick about the do-over is there is a lot of cursing for a YA book, I thought, including the F word a number of times. So if that's something you don't like. I know, girl.
1: Every morning when I walk my – seven, well, soon to be seven-year-old to school, we pass by the high schoolers waiting for the bus. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, your (laughs) language
0: is awful. That's fair. That's true. (laughs) uh so anyway it was surprising to me because I, I don't read that much ya that was like oh wow yeah okay. that yeah uh, but you're right that's true about High schoolers. but it
1: still is <laughs> like an adult reading it you're like was my mouth
0: that awful <laughs> and mine definitely wasn't but some of my friends were for I sure know. um <laughs> All right, well, my next one is uh, To Win a Prince by Tony Shiloh, and full disclosure, they're sponsoring the podcast in September, so that's why I read it, because I was interviewing her. Uh, but uh, I really in- i enjoyed it. I i It's kind of fun. This is the second in her series where she's like invented this whole uh, African island country, Oloro Isle, and uh, sh- sh- instead of it's just refreshing instead of it being like an eastern european royal story this is an african royal story and i thought that was kind of fun and in this one uh the uh, i haven't read the first one but i want to read it cuz I, I enjoyed this one um there's this prince named econ who gets involved in the scandal he basically gets disinherited by his by his father and he's forced to do community service uh for uh the 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 Heroin's uh, company, which is something that helps, uh, her name's Iris and Iris's company helps like women with sell their handiworks and their, and their, their startup, their businesses kind of. So he helps her. And of course, at the beginning, he's, he's like adjusting to life as a normal person. Like he doesn't have all this limo or his, or his penthouse or his, you know, all this stuff. And uh, she's had a crush on him from the very beginning, but she's obviously his boss. And, uh, so there's like awkwardness there. Um, uh, there is a faith element in this, uh, that he starts going to church first to kind of be with her, be near her. And then it becomes kind of his own thing, which I appreciated that it was really, she was hardly involved in that at all. It was really his own conversion. But, if that's not your thing, then you might not like that part. but i I, I thought it was pretty well done. Uh, and uh, I just I think this would be an interesting one for if they wanted to do a royal movie for mahogany, I think this would be a really interesting one, a fun one that they could do. and and uh, we I interviewed Tony yesterday, and we'll have that on the pod, and she was. Great. I really enjoyed her, and that's a fun interview. Um, but we did a whole part of the interview, so we did our casting of who we <laughs> would pick for the movie. And uh, Michael Xavier definitely needs to be econ, I think, for sure. Uh, yeah, I was so. like, I
1: recognize that name. She writes for Harlequin's Love Inspired mm-hmm. line, too. So, yeah.
0: Yay. We, so we talked a little bit about that as well in the interview. Uh, so, like I said, it is, it has pretty strong faith. Content. so if you're not into that you might not like it but uh but uh, i i enjoyed it i thought it was a cute story and i like the whole idea of a african set royal movie i think it's fun
1: let's do it we need it hallmark come on now (laughs) (laughs) so you have one more i do and honestly i just i don't even remember what ones i read but i'm at I'm up to book 66 in a graphic novel oh series my <laughs> that I've been reading. Um, I think, I, I honestly think I only read like four of them this month though. So, uh, but I've been reading the lumber Jane series there for a while. It did like, it has kind of become repetitive. I do feel like this is a series that may have been drug on dragged drug. I don't know which one it is, but I, I <laughs> think it's been, I think it's wore out. It's welcome. Um, but at this point, I think, there's like 75 issues. I'm so close to the finish line that I'm like, I can't not finish reading it. Oh yeah. Um, Like
0: 75 issues.
1: I know. (laughs) So, but I mean, it's a fun, if you have a young reader in your life, I mean, my youngest is in first grade and he crawls in bed with me at night. And I mean, it's a graphic novel. So some of the words are like totally made up and don't make any sense, but I mean, and it's... I think technically it's like from it's like a middle grade series but he crawls in bed with me and we read it at night. I mean, I think it's just so fun. It's really around like a group of friends at summer camp and them not wanting it to end. So there's like these fun situations where time slows down and there's like dinosaurs and like all just <laughs> craziness happens like Just everything, all the fun adventures that you would hope would happen at summer camp, it happens for these groups Mm -hmm. of friends. Um, There's like old Greek goddesses popping up. Like things are just coming out from all over the place. But again, it's Mm like I'm, I just finished 66. Some of the issues you're like, this type of plot line again. Uh, (laughs) But I think it's worth, I think it's worth reading for sure. So
0: that is. Well, and these are pretty short, right? Because they're described online as comic books.
1: Yeah, they're, like, maybe 24 to 28 pages. Like, yeah. I don't think
0: any of them have been, like, 30 pages. So, mm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. I think I remember hearing those about those from my nieces. I feel like they told me about them.
1: But, oh, they're so good.
0: Um, so, I have two more. I, You know, I, I set a goal that I was going to read all of the Jane Austen's this year. I only have one left uh, with Emma to do sometime this fall. But uh, but I I listened to a great version of Northanger Abbey. Uh, it's a dramatized version, so some people might say that's cheating because it's not actually. It's like a little bit abridged, but uh, but eh, whatever. Uh, but it's a great version. It's really fun. It's more. It's kind of like listening to a play. It's got Emma Thompson as your sort of narrator, which is you know she's legendary, amazing, um, and it's a fun story and it's a good one for uh audio because it's about this girl catherine who is in love with gothic novels and she ends up going to North northeer abbey and uh she gets kind of spooked and her imagination runs away with her and uh it's it's so that's kind of fun to read you know it's, it's it works as a uh, i mean it's kind of fun to listen because uh it works as sort of feeling like a play and they get, you can get the music and the you know that gothic kind of feel and build the suspense. I think it's it's a good one to read uh, out by audiobook. So that was fun. And then my last one I is I have complete bias. <laughs> No objectivity at all. <laughs> That's fine. But it is Haven, A Small Cat's Big Adventure by Megan Wagner-Lloyd, who is my sister. Uh, it's her first novel. Um, she's done a graphic novel, which was very successful, called Allergic, which was brilliant uh and now this cute little i think middle grade i think you'd say um little book about this cat that uh, is in shangri-la of cat world with this owner of hers that traits are so great and then all of a sudden uh she's having uh kind of health problems and so so havens goes out into the world the brave world to try to find help for her owner and she meets this this fox that uh, uh, that teaches her sort of the ways of the scary forest, and and uh, <laughs> she has this adventure, and it's it's really cute. Uh, and so, if you have certainly if you have kids, I think uh, you'd enjoy it, and just uh, check it out.
1: It sounds so good. You had mm-hmm. a good reading month.
0: I did. I really, did. I really did. I mean, I traveled, so there was like a. a a time to be able to get a, a lot of reading in on the plane and things like that. So that was fun. So uh, yeah, let us know if you're listening, what you've been reading, what you think of the books that we talked about and every summer after, what you thought of that. We'd love to hear your thoughts in the comments section or on Twitter or on Goodreads. You can check us both out there. And uh, yeah, Brie, Work people find you? Well, I'm on Instagram at
1: brie.unabashedly, but also Rachel. We're going to have a fun read in September that yes. we're really oh, looking yes. forward to.
0: Yes. <laughs> Do you want to tell it? I'm glad you remembered. We are reading Angelica Frankenstein Makes Her Match by Sally Thorne. This comes out on September 6th, so we will be reading it fresh uh, with no, you know, no expectations except for how awesome the name of the title is. I know. Uh, so.
1: <laughs> So read it with us, you guys. Yes, it's gonna be fun. <laughs> My fingers are crossed that we have a new release that we're like, yes, it was a total banger. We loved yeah. it.
0: <laughs> yeah, i I haven't had one since better than the movie. So hopefully this yeah. one will uh, will be a, a big hit, and I'll really really enjoy it. So it's a fun concept a fun idea, and i I liked the Hating Game. So uh, hopefully I'll you know we'll like this. But that's what we're gonna read. Yeah, I'm excited. So uh, yeah, you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of her social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So check that out. Also, like I said, on Goodreads, I'd love to have you follow me on there. And make sure you're following the podcast at Homeworkies Pod and Homeworkies Podcast, all of her social media. And if you are listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews that Really helps us out a lot. And if you are listening on YouTube, please give the video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. And uh, check out the patron group and merch store. We really appreciate that. And uh, thanks so much, everybody. We'll talk to you all later. Bye. Bye.